I, I hope all of this uh, is painting the picture that there's no magic bullet or <laughs> uh, single button you can click to do this well. It, it does take work. It takes careful work. Um, it takes a team. You know, I don't mm. think one person can do this. Um, and that's, and that's why we keep preaching like, Hey, you've got to build this house on a strong foundation. If you skip that part, if you skip that brand level, um, eventually it's just going to fall apart and you're going to make yourself work way harder than you need to, um, to produce things that ultimately are not going to provide value and not matter. Mm. Um, so this is this is not impossible by any means. Of course, it's not impossible, but it's also not just a light, easy thing to do. It takes time, it takes equity, uh, it takes service, it takes some sacrifice, and it takes a strong brand. Uh, but it's possible, and yep. anybody can do it if they do it the right way. You're listening to the Remarka Brand Podcast, where authentic brands win. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Remark Brand Podcast. This is your host, Mike Jones, along with my co-host, Sam Pagel. Sam Pagel's here, back in the house. Back it's been in. a little while since we've had one of these episodes. We're excited to get one out and going for everybody. I uh, got a little different setup today. We're trying out Riverside, see how this works today. But to get into the real topic, the real meat, we're going to be covering how do you know what channels or how do you get your message out there? How do you get your brand out there? Um, and so we're going to be talking all about that. But first, we always got to do name 10 things. Always. And today, today we're going to name 10 ways to transmit or communicate a message, Mike. This could be anything from, you know, how they did it in the Stone Age to today or maybe in the future. So I'm going to start off with a uh, glass bottle into the ocean. It's always a good option. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I was going to go stone tablets, you know, go like uh, Moses, yep. Israelites, Exodus. I think that's a good one. Stone those, tablets. Those are long Permanent, lasting. forever. Long well, lasting. Until you yeah. throw them down, I guess, you, at the end. Until you throw them down in anger. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say uh, uh, AOL, the dial-up one, where you could get on and uh, explore the, the World Wide Web and send an electronic mail. Mm, electronic mail. I like yes. that. But first you had to load the disc in the disc yep. drive. Get that disc in there. The one you got That's from Macy's. <laughs> uh, ooh, we're going to go direct mail. Direct mail. It's Maybe great. not as old. Well, it's old. Not as old as time. Old school. Uh, Pony Express direct mail. Uh, I was just going to say that, but I, I'm going to uh, go with my my personal favorite carrier pigeon. What could be better? That's just the coolest way. Carrier pigeon, absolute coolest way. Oh, I love it. Oh, I lost uh, I lost my my video feed here. Oh, I can Hang still on see one you. second. Yeah, you can see me. That's fine. I'll have to find it. I don't know where it went. All right. Um. Uh, let's go. Uh. uh the, oh, what do they call that? Do you remember those like it was like old school before movies? There was like the carousel with the images on it, and you would oh. watch it spin, yeah, and it would show like animation. That thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't know what it's called, but that's great. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna say um, like a, a secret secret note passing uh, that you used to do in fourth grade. <laughs> that was always exciting. Uh, I have. A bad memory from that. <laughs> All right. Uh, not on the receiving end. I was on the giving end of oh. very bad note. Oh, no. Oh, we don't man. need to get into that, Mike. No, we don't. All right. What number are we on? Like eight? Oh, we got two more. Seven? Two more. All right. Uh, uh, the beach, scrawling your message in the sand yeah. at the beach on, yep. as a castaway on the island. Yep. Uh, yep. that's great, Mike. And I'm going to finish this up with, uh, the kerosene, uh, lighting, a, a kerosene message on fire. Um, and I think my favorite rendition of that is when like, you know, the, the hero or the anti-hero does that somehow. Um, and the detective has the lighter and he throws it on the ground and it's like, how did, what, how did, 
how did he know to do that? Uh, <laughs> never really made sense. It was always the coolest way to send a message, but like, that doesn't, that's not very practical if you really wanted them to read what you, what you were trying to get across. Yeah. Uh, bonus number 11, uh, the invisible ink that you can only see with like the lemon juice mm. and the candle, the black whatever. light. Yeah. Yeah. Or the black light. Yeah. But, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Find your frequency. All right. So, yeah, we're talking about all about how do we get our message out, right? So we've been talking about, uh, you know, all this, like, how do we get our brand out? How do we craft a message? How do we find our audience? Um, what kinds of content should we be making? What types of media should we be using? And now we're getting to this next stage and kind of putting together our go-to-market plan. And that is, how do we actually get our message out? So really, we're talking about channels. Like, where should we be putting our message? How should we be thinking about that in terms of a way that uh, really is going to be impactful, not only from an audience perspective, obviously, like we want to reach people with our message, we want to get our product and our services out there and make sure that people know that we can offer these great things, this great value. Um, we've already talked about like finding that specific audience. And I think we even teased out like, Hey, one of the things you're doing when you're, when you're defining your audience is really thinking about what channels and where are they being where they are. And we are going to get to that. I want to talk about that, but I think it's really important that we think brand first, right? That's really what we've been talking about over the whole series of all these episodes is inside out, right? How do we start first on the inside and then move externally? That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the steps you take um, in terms of like, oh, well, I can only do this one after I do this first one. Well, maybe you can do both at the same time. But as you're planning, as you're thinking, as you're prioritizing, remembering that great brands start from within, right? They're not made just by external uh, splashes of paint and interesting messaging that is dictated purely by the marketplace, um, right? But it, it actually comes out of who you are as a brand, your unique identity, all that work that you've already done to really uncover who you are and what makes you remarkable. And I think you have to take that same approach when you're thinking about your marketing. Um, not that you stop there, right? Otherwise you would never go to market, um, but that you really have to start internally first. So that'd be my like kind of first point here, uh, maybe the introductory point, is that you need to look internally first when it comes to channels. So I want to kind of tee that up for you, Sam. I want to hear what you think about this, but I'm going to throw this out there. I'm, I'm, this might be a little counter to what a lot of marketers think about, but perhaps your internal teams are the first channels you should think about when it comes to your own marketing. Yeah. I think there's a really good application point from that in that you don't have to run and jump to every new platform or trend mm -hmm. that's really exciting in the marketing world. I mean, you probably, if you're a marketer, you know other marketers from other industries and other firms. Um, and there's probably buzz every single year about, oh, did you, are you on this channel? Are you on TikTok? Um, are you on Facebook Plus, are you, oh, what, where's, where metaverse. are you at? Are you in the metaverse? Where's your, you know, can we meet on the beach uh, in the metaverse? Um, <laughs> in a cone of silence. Uh, but, uh, but I think the application no, point here is. No, no, before you go there, before you go there, I got to tease this out. The beach is an actual app that you have to download onto your virtual phone that you have in the oh, metaverse. Wow that you access through your actual in real life VR goggles. But you have to have the metaverse VR goggles to put on your avatar first to go to the beach. <laughs> it's uh, it's so a little VR bit like- VR goggles it. to wear VR goggles? To yeah. Wear VR goggles. It's like Inception. Yeah, the Where Inception does it end? VR goggles. Where All right, sorry, end? that was totally dumb. No, I, the application here. point here is that you don't have to jump on those trends um, when they appear out of thin air. Um, obviously stay ahead of those. And, and maybe there is a trend that you're like, oh, this is totally us. You know, our audience is there. Our people are there. We need to get on there. That's great. But just because, you know, everybody at your son's 
junior high is on TikTok doesn't mean that your accounting firm should have a TikTok account. Um, so you do really need to know, first and foremost, your brand and what your brand believes in and who you are as a brand. And then you have to know your people um, and you have to know how to communicate that with your people um, so that there's also not this like, you know, f internal fight of like, hey, why aren't we on TikTok? Or, hey, you know, my son's on TikTok and there's millions of kids on there. Why aren't we doing this? And it's like, oh, hold on. Like, that shouldn't even be a question because we're all on the same page here. So um, yeah. there's so much trouble and chaos that can be avoided um, by doing the foundational things right, um, like establishing a strong brand, a good foundation, educating your team, your people, your leadership on what your brand is, making sure that when new hires come in, they know immediately. That's the first thing that they're doing on day one is, hey, read through our, our brand handbook, our Remarka book. Um, so the foundation there, um, you know, we've talked about that on every one of these steps, right? From, um, you know, starting, like, how do you start with that foundation? How do you start building that foundation to, hey, what do you even say in your marketing? And now talking about um, these platforms where, you know, you have things to say now, you want to talk to the world. Now, where do you go to start communicating those things? Yeah. And I think if you start internally first, you think even a from a channel perspective, thinking about internal channels first, you're going to find that when you do go externally, it's that much easier because you've already empowered everyone in your firm to be saying the same things, thinking the same way about the brand, uh, knowing what kind of your keywords and slogans are, what your values are, your personality. Um, so you mentioned like, you know, your brand handbook, or as we call it, a Remarka book right? That really covers not just the do's and don'ts of your logo, but really covers like, hey, who are we as a firm? What is our mission, our purpose, our story, our anthem, however you want to describe that? What are our values? What's our personality? Uh, what, what are we out to do, right? What do we offer the world? How do we talk about the services or the products that we bring to market? Um, and then, uh, you know, even thinking through like, how do I craft messaging that's within our brand personality? So maybe some voice tone mood guidelines. Those can be really helpful for everyone in your firm, not just your marketing team. And that's a great place to start. So having some kind of handbook or remark book or have a digital version of that, put it on your intranet, have it in your onboarding, maybe do some like content provided by your leadership, right? Maybe some videos or, or emails that go out when someone's first brought on board, or if you're releasing kind of a refresh to your brand, maybe that's going out to everyone, maybe some town halls have discussions around it. So these are all channels, right? Your intranet or any, any type of like internal wiki, uh, emails out from leadership, your town halls or, or all hands meetings. These are channels, right? These are actual channels uh, where your brand needs to be established first and foremost internally. And then what's really interesting is that when you start to do these things, oh, another one, swag, right? I think that's an easy one for a lot of marketers to get excited about is, you know, oh, we've got the new logo or we're refreshing our brand messaging. Let's put it on like some mugs. Let's put it on shirts. Let's put it on posters. Let's put it on, um, you know, whatever you think, notebooks, whatever, pens, um, get fun, get creative. Think about things maybe that people actually use. Uh, I won't just get thrown in the trash tomorrow. Um, but these are all elements that people in your firm are going to use when they go talk externally or when they write an email or when they go to an event. Um, and so now your internal channels become the first point of interaction, even externally. And of course, if everyone's doing that consistently, saying the same things, looking similar, using the right colors, or, you know, using the logo consistently, it's on things that you're providing for them to wear, or to use. Uh, a big one I've been seeing a lot of is even just thinking through like your Zoom experience, right? Do you do you have branded elements in your Zoom experience? It could be, yeah, a backdrop, like a digital backdrop um, that they can kind of, you know, green screen into. Or think about like actual in real life elements that you can put in the background. Um, you know, like we have the neon sign R behind me. Although I'm blocking it at the moment. I'll work on that for the next one. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's some other like colored elements like right here as I look at my screen. 
we're going to edit. Um, that actually has our slogan, our, our tagline. So, um, you know, just incorporating elements into your day-to-day -day work that really exude the brand. And it provides a point of interaction, even externally, as those people represent the brand. And I think that's, I don't know how to stress this higher. I, this was kind of a, almost a light bulb moment for me of like, yeah, we do these things. We talk to our clients about them. I almost want to be like, you must do this first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like almost make it like, this is the formula. You must brand and find all the channels you're using internally, maybe even first, or uh, maybe even like, um, whether it's whether it's like time-based first but it's your first priority right um and so then then we'll get into things so, so what are some of the other things sam as we transition out of internal how do we start to think about external channels uh to our firm or at least externally facing channels maybe it is still yeah. things that our firm has control over yeah yeah i think there's a couple different categories um we want to talk about owned channels, owned media, the things that your brand you own. Um, so, for example, your probably the biggest one is your website. Um, mm -hmm. You are hopefully owning that. You know, owning the content on there. Um, you're not beholden to, let's say, a social media platform that could change algorithms. Like you own that space. You own that content. Um, we. Uh, we talk a lot about owning your own email list uh, and how building that over time uh, is is kind of a big deal. Uh, again, that's something that you own outright. It's not going to change uh, on a whim like uh, you know a Facebook page or a LinkedIn page could. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you know kind of an overarching thing as we get into this kind of own space and even paid space later on, um, you can't be going onto these channels saying one thing and having the rest of your brand, the rest of your firm, the rest of your company, not knowing about that and just doing their own thing, um, without knowing like, Hey, we're saying this over here. And then when customers come in and experience the brand, it's two different things. It's black and white. We're we're, we're getting, we're getting crushed here. People are not getting what they thought they were getting. Um, mm -hmm. so that's where, you know, starting with that internal first, before you start, you know, going out into the world and trying to engage yeah. with potential customers and clients, um, you've got to be on the same page there. And hopefully, you know, your team is engaged enough. Um, maybe not everybody in your firm or your company, um, but hopefully your team's engaged enough to where they're seeing those things or interacting with those things. Um, they're producing content for the website. It's not just one person at your firm. Um, yep. You're rallying the troops there because they're excited to talk about their expertise. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd say, you know, website is at the top of that, that list for sure. Um, I'd, it'd be hard pressed to find, you know, a, a viable business these days that doesn't have a website. I think there are some that are still out there uh, somehow. They're, they're surviving without a website. <laughs> Um, I don't think anyone we're talking to is not thinking about their website yeah. at some level. Yeah. 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 And I, I think the other point I want to make on that is just as we talk more about, okay, we, we're kind of alluding to these like three categories of content and, and three categories of channels, right? There's owned media and the channels that support that, like your website and your email list. We'll talk about a few others here. Then there's, you know, paid media, it's things that you have to pay someone to be on, right? Uh, that could be a sponsorship or that could be ads on an ad network. Uh, that could be, you know, YouTube pre-roll, uh, the pre-roll ads on YouTube before a video shows. Um, or if you want to go real traditional, think like even direct mail, because you have to pay to be in that mailbox or even, you know, print signage uh, that you pay for or billboard or that kind of thing. I don't, I don't think most of the uh, firms we're talking to are thinking about uh, a billboard. Uh, it may not be the right fit. We'll talk about why that might not be in a minute. But and and then there's earned media, right? So you have you have owned, you have earned, and you have paid, or owned, paid, and earned. Um, those are very traditional buckets to think about the media, and then the channels that are available within those types of media. Um, I also think that those are helpful. I, I, 
I would not jettison them because they're traditional. I think they still really fit. Now there's some nuance in our digital age where some channels start to actually cross over into all one, two, or even all three of those buckets. And we'll talk about that. But um, the reason that I think you should start with owned is at the end of the day, they all point back to owned media. And so the channels mm. that best support your owned media are ones you actually own, right? And if you think about like, what really is strategically the most important channels long-term for your business, for your brand, for the firm you're trying to create and build and scale, it is ones that you control. And so like your website is critical because it is still the best place to control an experience that someone's going to have in the journey. It might not be where they find you first, right? But it's where they're going to end up eventually. And you could say, okay, well, they're not going from my web, you know, they're not going directly to my website. They're going to landing pages, maybe administrated through some other system. Great. I, I don't, however you want to slice that, um, that kind of syntax is fine, but somewhere you are controlling an experience that someone ends up on. Um, even if that's like a phone call, Right. And so like if the first thing they're seeing is, you know, hey, my call to action on this ad or out in this paid media or earned media that we're putting out in the world uh, is to give us a phone call. Right. Well, they pick up that phone and they're calling you. Did you know that the phone itself is the channel? Right. And so thinking about like, how do we answer the phone? Is it consistent? What happens if our phone lines are all tied up and they can't reach anyone? What does that system feel like? What does that experience feel like? Um, and so like just thinking through like there are channels that maybe you don't think of as channels because they're not marketing channels necessarily. And I think that's why it's really important to think about owned because sometimes we forget that owned, uh, the owned channels, the ones that we actually control are much broader and bigger than just uh, marketing where it's all about like, oh, the prospects that we're trying to get in front of new people, new relationships, new businesses that we want to get in front of that we don't already have an experience or a a relationship with, well, I mean, they're all using your phones, right? At some level, uh, even if that's a direct cell phone line uh, or even the inbox, like you're, they're sending direct emails. Maybe you put your firm's partners on your website and each partner's email is right on there. Well, that's a strategic decision you've made to make email one of your primary channels for that level of interaction with those potential clients or existing clients. So thinking about that, even like your client portal, um, those are all places where, uh, you have control. That is a channel that you are having communication. You are marketing to people with. And so thinking through like, okay, that's what it is. I think the other thing that is really important in this is, is the age old own your own list, mm -hmm. uh, kind of value that I, every marketer that I've ever learned under has preached over and over to me. And I really do believe that 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 mantra or that value is still critically important to great businesses, great businesses, great brands look to own their own list, their own contacts with people and not simply allow other platforms and other channels to be the only way that they can get in front of people. And there's a lot of strategic reasons for that. One being you don't own those channels. And so if they go away or they decide, Hey, we don't like you anymore or, we're just gonna make it really hard for you to get in front of people or they can change the price on you to get in front of their people. Um, yeah, I, I don't wanna be beholden to everyone else outside of our business to get in front of the right people. And so at some point, like you gotta get people to give you enough information about themselves so you can have a conversation, you can develop a relationship with them. It'd be like, I, I don't know, it'd be like dating where you only ever have conversations with a mediated like friend and <laughs> be like, no one wants that. At the end of the day, eventually like you're like, hey, 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 I know you say that I'm gonna like going out with this person. Can you just give me their number so I can like ask them out, right? Or, or like facilitate the connection so we can go out and I can get to know them and they can get to know me without you passing the message back and forth. Um, that's, it's a poor metaphor in one regard, but I think it's really apt. Right. In a lot of ways, like marketing, sales, the relationship aspect of business is, is kind of like dating. Uh, it's like getting to know one another and saying, do I trust you enough uh, in this case to give you some money and then you give me some value? Um, hopefully you're not 
get married in that transaction. That'd be kind of awkward and weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, so um, <clears throat> take that metaphor way too far. But that's why like, I think your website's so important. That's why your email list is so important. Your CRM, while it's not technically a channel that you are messaging on, although you could certainly make a case for some of them that you are sending messages through them, um, but they're the place that you're storing all that information about that relationship. And so I think they're a, an extension of your channels, making sure that those are really set up well to serve you so that you can know, like, are we engaging people well? What are their kind of reactions? How do we know if we're engaging them well uh, through our emails that we're sending, whether that's a big mass email to a bunch of people on a list or it's one-on-one -on -one emails as we kind of facilitate a relationship at a more sales or business development level. Um, and then I think another aspect of this is thinking about your referral partners as a part of that equation, right? And we'll get to this in a minute. I think referral partners kind of fit more in like an earned media category in terms of channels, but um, you have to have them as a part of this overall equation of what channels should we be on? Um, and then are we providing content to them that really engages them to engage their clients with yeah. conversations about you? Right. saying, oh, you know, I think I know somebody that can really help you with that, that problem or that challenge. I think there's so, a big, what there's else? a big one uh, on social, right? I mean, that's yeah. always kind of the ever changing, ever growing. There's always new platforms coming out. Um, maybe we could talk through just a couple that are kind of there and have been there for a long time. Uh, maybe platforms that once were less useful and maybe are, are now kind of becoming more useful, especially for brands yeah. and businesses. Well, I think a, a big one. Before we get there, hang on one yeah. second, Sam. I think we need to tee up that social networks are probably the biggest channel that straddles multiple categories. Yeah. So we're talking about owned, we're talking about paid, we're talking about earned. They have an aspect of owned, sort of, in that you publish content to people who essentially have said, I, I want to hear from you. Yep. Sort of a also earned, right? Because they have to opt into that. Uh, you're earning, but you're not really earning their media at that point. You're you're just earning their attention, which is all marketing. Um, but but then you're also have an opportunity to, to pay to have content pushed out. You could call it boosted posts or whatever. They're ads, really. They're ads, right? Whatever format they actually look like. And then there's an element of earned within social media, which is that people can react, and that gets made more visible to maybe their followers or people you have in common um, or even your own followers, your reach gets higher when they react to it or when they comment or when they actually share it themselves. That's very much earned media. So I do think it's really important that there's an understanding that social is all three types of media. Um, and so it's a really critical channel for a lot of firms. That being said, there are ways to use it incorrectly or think about it incorrectly. And I don't know if we'll get to that in this episode, but we should cover that at some point, uh, maybe over-investing in social yeah. uh, or certain social channels. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I just wanted to make sure we teed up that it, it covered all three categories. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's there's a maybe two elements here that you know everybody is, if they're on social, they're probably posting on social, especially if it's a business type of a social account. Um, mm -hmm. There's two elements, I think, Mike, that we've learned uh, in the last year or two or three that uh, really shouldn't be overlooked uh, in your social media strategy. And the first one, uh, I would say, is just don't forget about one-to-one -one outreach. Like you're mm -hmm. posting all these things one-to-many, um, but don't forget about the value of like you're able to go find people. And I think LinkedIn is maybe the best example of this where you can go find someone at a specific company in a specific role, you know that role because they have it on their page and you can, you know, request access to that person. Um, you can go send them a direct one-on-one -on -one message. Uh, and there's a lot of power in that, in that if it's done the right way. Obviously, you don't want to be the, the guy who's spamming everybody and, you know, just great power comes great responsibility. Diving into DMs <laughs> with all the sales <laughs> tactics, right? I mean, nobody likes that. That, that Has that ever worked? I, I don't that, I don't. Think that needs so. to be. An, uh, we, I got to write that one down. We should do an episode called diving into DMs. 
don't do it don't dive into dms oh yeah there's probably a whole series of episodes on on one-to-one messaging particularly on linkedin we're we're learning a lot about that and how to do it how not to do it so yep um the other thing mike is uh actually one of our partners here at resound pointed this out a couple months ago um and there's data on it uh, but generally, the, the idea here is personal accounts versus brand accounts, a person versus a corporation or a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, which one do you want to interact with more or naturally gravitate towards more? It's always going to be the person. Yep. It's the people. Um, so not forgetting that also in your social social strategy of like, yeah, you're your business page on LinkedIn or on Facebook or Instagram probably needs to be posting content, but don't forget about the individuals in your firm, especially the leaders, the thought leaders who might have some equity in that space already. They need to be posting content and they need to have maybe their own individual strategy that's fueled by the brand and the marketing um, because their networks are going to be stronger than the brand's network on mm-hmm. those social platforms. Um, so not forgetting, again, I mean, all's, it all goes back to people, right? Are you, are you just trying to drum up business or are you trying to serve people in your marketing? Um, and so that's a big one where, you know, it, that kind of goes hand in hand with that one-on-one outreach. Like hopefully your brand is not doing that with p- individuals, that should be, you know, the partners of your firm. Maybe you have a sales team. <clears throat> it's the people who are subject matter experts at your firm who can go out and do that. That's just natural for them. Um, but now you've, you're giving them a platform where that's very powerful on something like a LinkedIn. Or if it's not natural, because I mean, you know, I, I think especially when we think about our professional services friends, especially in accounting, right? The, the partners or maybe the, you know, high level professionals in the firm who are client facing all day, every day, and are probably somewhat comfortable or have at least like an idea of like, okay, I know how to do one-to-one when it's in person, right? I network, I speak, um, we sponsor different things and we go show up at events. Uh, we're, you know, kind of the face of the company in different ways or face of the firm. Um, but when it comes to digital, a lot of them are very uncomfortable because it's not a channel that they're maybe grew up with, uh, or it's one that just kind of scares them because there's a lot of bad ways to utilize it. Um, finding partners that can help you with that there's, or, or get training on that even, um, you know, you can find there's lots of consultants out there that can help you with training. There's internal trainers, you know, as a marketer, I think in the firm that a lot of times falls on you to train your people on how how to network. Well, digital networking should be part of that process. Digital one-to-one outreach should be a part of that process. And I would argue, and this is like a whole nother episode or maybe a series, um, one-to-one outreach on a channel like LinkedIn needs to be thought of in the same way that you would do one-to-one outreach at like a happy hour or a networking event or a conference or trade show. Um, You want to approach people the same way just because it's a different channel, a different type of media when it's digital, doesn't mean that you shouldn't also create relationships and really think about relationship first. How would you walk up to somebody and introduce yourself that you've never met before, doesn't know you from anyone at an event? Um, Ideally, maybe they do know you somehow. Maybe you were speaking or you were sponsoring and you got a little, you know, two minute talk or like something that kind of breaks the ice a little bit. But that's that's also a part of it. It's like break the ice, find a way to introduce yourself. Um, no one wants to be sold to at a networking event. Nobody wants to be sold to in their first one, two, three, or eighth interaction on LinkedIn, right? So um, just thinking that through and just saying, hey, I'm here to build relationships. I'm here to network. It's not about the sale ultimately. Uh, it's really about just creating re- relationships and adding value to people. In the same way that I know so many firms think about their own like in-person outreach, um, it's the same thing. So unless you're a firm that really likes to smile and dial on the phone and like just cold call people all day, 
uh, maybe that's your firm's personality and you just need to lean into that on LinkedIn. Good luck with you. <laughs> I hope I'm not on the receiving end of that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think for most firms it's like, yeah, relationship first and approach all of your channels that way. So, and that's the other part of this with like social media in particular is like it's social media. So be social, comment, yeah. interact, like, don't make everything a sales pitch or even a marketing pitch. Be a like real have, person. Be a real person, even in your firm's interactions, right? At the brand level. So maybe you're on the brand account and you're interacting with other brands or you're interacting with people commenting on your posts. Be a, be personable in that. Uh, if you think about like really great brands on social media, what are some of the things that they do that makes them great, that really makes them stand out? One of the things is they use humor. Mm -hmm. um, another one is that they act like people. Uh, they'll they'll be snarky at times, or maybe they'll yeah. be a little bit. Uh, I mean, you know, be tasteful, fit within your brand personality, but uh, you know, use a little snark if that's appropriate, or um, be factual and and like maybe your your firm is like all about uh, like stuff in a certain area, like oh, we're all about Houston, and we know all the restaurants in Houston go find people who are talking about Houston looking for a restaurant and just drop a comment. And if it's not a potential client, who cares, right? Be like a person on social networks. Yeah. Um, I think you'll develop just, just rave engagement, kudos. And it's really going to actually express your brand because other people who are prospective clients are going to see that stuff. So yeah. Um, what are some other channels, Sam, that we should be uh, thinking about? I think YouTube is a big one. Um, still, yeah. you know, video is huge. It needs to be a bigger part of a lot of firms. It does. Yeah. You know, everybody's talking about TikTok, but YouTube is still massive. YouTube is still one of the biggest search engines in the world, especially if we're talking about service businesses, professional mm -hmm. services. You know, how do I do this? How do I do my taxes? How do I, what do I do with this 1099? Like there are, there are so many search results from YouTube because it's owned by Google that are showing up in those results. And not that you should try to, you know, grab low hanging fruit like that, but start with a strategy again, like go back to the, the core foundation of what we've been talking about and develop a strategy that fits within your brand there. But video is huge and video can really be a powerful kind of, um, I'll call it like a fuel for your content generation because like what we're doing right here, Mike, uh, where we're talking on camera together, we're, we're recording the audio of this, we're going to use this in a lot of different ways. <clears throat> it's, it can sometimes be the easiest way for, again, your subject matter experts, the partners of your firm, the, the, the most experienced people and team members at your firm who might not be able to sit down and write a blog post or um, might not be able to sit down and write up the next intro for your, you know, your next month's newsletter. But they can talk. They can talk about their expertise. And um, so why not record that and put it on YouTube and start doing that over yep. and over and over again and start building yep. up some equity there. Um, there's some other channels too, Mike, like, you know, if you really want to dive deep, Reddit, um, Quora, maybe like maybe there's Ooh, a strategy there yeah. where, you know, that those are places where people are going for uh, opinions or to get answers to their questions. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's a strategy there for your brand where it's like, Hey, we're going to be the accounting firm on Quora. When somebody has an accounting question, we're going to be on there and we're going to be answering those. Um, yeah. that could be kind of an interesting thing. Obviously you don't want to do that without vetting it and making sure that it's the right spot. Um, but Hey, maybe there's a partner at your firm who's like, Oh, I love Reddit. I've been on Reddit since 1994. I'll totally do that. I love it. I'm already, already on there every day. It's like, oh, okay, great. Thanks. Yeah. Go do that, John. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Lean into your advocates or someone who's really active already on a platform that engages them at a personal level and they like it. It's, it's intuitive to them. And yeah, maybe that'll spread. Maybe you can formalize that, right? Okay. Like we found somebody who's really big on LinkedIn on our firm. They really like using it. We've helped kind of facilitate that for them. Oh, they're getting success with it. Maybe others will jump on or then you mandate it <laughs> and you say, all right, we're all doing LinkedIn. Here's how we're doing yeah. it. It worked for, for this person, our firm and this partner. Um, I was thinking too, like ultimately a lot of this owned actually helps you with another channel that is 
kind of straddles owned, earned and paid, and that's Google uh, and other search engines. So, you know, publishing content on your website, making sure that you're, that's a really primary piece of your channel strategy. And then these other sites, whether that's social networks or Reddit or Quora, YouTube, um, all these other places are really going to help you become uh, a higher ranked, higher indexed, higher value resource for people looking for your type of uh, services and products, the problems that you are helping people solve. So I, I think those are really big ones. Uh, on the owned category, I think there's one more that we should talk about, and that's Amazon. Uh, I think maybe this is an untapped one. And interestingly enough, Amazon actually kind of carries the gamut as well of owned, earned, and paid. So obviously you could publish your own book uh, or books on Amazon. Uh, and that is a form of owned media, that book itself. Obviously, you could just offer that on your website too, but why not put it on Amazon or some other directory site like that uh, marketplace and let people find it? Um, but it's also earned because you're getting reviews um, through you know, readers. And there's probably a strategy there that you need to consider. Like, how do, we, how do we go get those reviews? How do we make sure that people who are engaging with our book, whether we're trying to use it as a, a, an actual sales thing, like, hey, we're selling our book, or really your book is probably more of a marketing tactic. Um, but also it's a paid, uh, there's a paid uh, portion of that, right? You can actually advertise directly on Amazon uh, for your book, or maybe you have some other products or, uh, you know, think, think creatively about that. But Amazon could be another part of your kind of channel mix as you're thinking yeah. that through. Um, again, I would start with things that have, you know, highest value over time, right? So again, your website, your email lists, maybe the drip sequences of emails as people go and like download different resources or engage with you at events. How are you responding to them over time? Maybe there's either automated sequences or just there's some uh, kind of thinking at least of like, okay, how do we engage with people over time uh, as they enter into our list and we wanna nurture those relationships? Again, social media is a big one. So. All right, I think I think we covered owned pretty well. There's probably lots of other ideas. I'd love yeah. to hear from listeners. What yep. other owned channels are you thinking about? But we should talk about earned, earned channels. Earned media. This is where uh, you cannot force people to do <laughs> what you want them to do, but you can provide value and yep. people will respond to that. Um, obviously, social's a big uh, part of this of like, Hey, you know, you want to engage with your audience, um, in, in not, you know, a non-transactional way. So you're going to put out maybe a, maybe you're putting out an ebook and people are responding to it on, on uh, social media or you're, you know, Hey, we're going to put out these really cool infographics on Instagram and ask people what they think. Um, so social's a big one here. Uh, don't think Mike, we've talked about like actually getting published elsewhere. Yep. Um, obviously it's easy That's to publish one. on your blog post and publish on your social channels, but are you, are you being published elsewhere um, in other publications, maybe publications that are industry specific, hopefully um, yep. maybe in an association's publication. Um, those things are very tactical, very impactful. Uh, a lot of thought leadership can be gained from those. But again, it's it's earned. You can't just say like, hey, I'm going to publish in your thing. It's like, uh, yep. no. Um, now that can get into paid as well. Sometimes yep. we know it's paid there's a way to, to pay to play. Yeah. Pay for, to play for some places. Um, yep. Yeah. And this is where like your owned media really has to be set up well first. Right. Yeah. So if you're not already publishing, you don't have great content and you're not already putting out really impactful messages that help inform people and provide value to them in, and give them insights that maybe are a little bit unique and different from everyone else in the industry, you're unlikely to get that earned media, right? So people are less likely to share your content. Oh, that's the same message I saw from the other guys, right? Or you're unlikely to get published in a third party when you ask, because you do have to ask, um, or you're unlikely to like speak at an event Right. So having credibility through your owned media is so critical. That's why, like, it really matters that your owned media is at least thought through and established up front um, before you jump into earned or even paid. 
So yeah. um, I think I think those are really important. And then I, you know, I was thinking about this. I was like, I, I think you could probably put referral partners in this category as well, right? They're they're one that you need to nurture that relationship. You probably need to produce content just for them. But think yeah. about where they are. If you don't have their email addresses, how are you going to earn that that right to be in their inbox? Um, and how do you engage with them over time? Yep. Yep. Building your referral network over time. That takes trust too. It takes like actual, mm -hmm. you have, actually have to do good work. Um, you don't want to burn that, you know, you want to burn their reputation by doing a terrible job once they do yep. refer you. Um, so yeah, and yeah. Those could be referral partners that are tangentially aligned with your business, maybe another service provider or something like that, or, you know, even your own clients are essentially yeah. referral partners at some yeah. level. Uh, and so like engaging them, what kinds of channels do you need to be on in order to engage them? And think about like even internally within their company. So yeah, engaging your direct client to give them messages. Okay, probably an email, right? Or some kind of newsletter, uh, some kind of regular update from you or maybe some individuals within your firm that they work with. Maybe they're sending them regular emails. Obviously they're having meetings or they're probably developing that relationship on a more one-to-one -one basis. But then think about like, what do you need to give them that they can use to share your message more broadly within their firm or with colleagues in other firms or other companies? Um, and so I think there's an aspect of like, you need to think about the channels that they're involved with, either within their company, maybe their own intranet, or how do they share messages? Maybe it's Slack. Um, and then how, how do they even share externally, whether that's yeah. social emails, are you making it really easy for them? Uh, you know, do you have easy share links on all of your resources? Um, I think here's one that I think is really untapped by a lot of, a lot of brands, especially the ones that we've been working with, uh, or been talking to. It's like, so often we produce all these resources that are about acquiring new client relationships. So we might create an ebook or a white paper or a new case study or put out a video. We then put that out maybe in a newsletter. Okay. Some of your clients might see that a lot of them are probably going to gloss over it. Right. Cause they're not paying that much attention. They're trying to get their work done. But if there's something really critical that you think might be of value to them and others in their company that you're trying to develop relationships with, or in other companies that they might know, do you have a plan to like, reach out to them and say, Hey, maybe it's one-to-one, -one. maybe it's, you know, whatever professional in your firm is working directly with them and saying, Hey, Joe, we've been working together a while. I thought you might really get some value out of this new, uh, report or ebook or case study that we just put out. And is there anyone that you can think of that might be a value? We think maybe it's a best fit for these kinds of people. And so essentially giving them an opportunity to refer you. Uh, obviously, you want to do that within the context of the relationship, how you feel about that, maybe in the life cycle of the client, um, you know, how deep are you, how, how trusted are you with them? Um, so, you know, consider all those things. But I think that's you, a great opportunity to, to earn more, uh, more attention. Yeah, you mentioned, Mike, uh, Amazon with reviews, you can obviously get reviews elsewhere. Um, yep. Maybe it's not on Yelp, and maybe it's not on Google. Those could be good for your, yep. your company, your firm. Uh, maybe there's more industry specific review platforms, or maybe it's just getting testimonials from your clients uh, that you can use everywhere in your marketing. That's some of the most important content that you can get uh, is just really great testimonials. It's, mm. it's social advocacy, it's peer reviews, it's you know people telling other people that you do a really good job instead of you just telling people that you do a really good job. So those are, those are things that also Imagine shouldn't, that. shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, and hopefully those testimonials are aligning with the things that you're already saying in your brand. Yeah. Um, those yeah, are, think those about are huge where those are going to live. How are you going to use them? Um, you know, one of the things I think about is like, okay, you got the testimonial, maybe like through an email one-on-one -on -one with one of your clients. Where does that live, right? Uh, obviously, internally, you probably have like some kind of archive or database of those repository. But then like, are you using them within your marketing? Uh, do they have a home somewhere on the website? Like if someone wanted to like 
go find 18 testimonials. Could they find them? Uh, or are they scattered throughout the website in strategic places? Um, just making sure like, hey, we're thinking about these channels. Maybe that's even social, right? Take a, take a one sentence or a one-liner out of that quote, put it on a social post, put that yeah. out there. Or maybe it's a special yeah. place in your newsletter or some kind of email. Uh, I just, I think that's part of what I, I really want to get across is like just thinking through not just the type of content that you need to put out, but like, okay, well, how are we going to use that? How are we, what channels does that need to go out? How do we promote that in ways that are relationship building, not just yeah. like, oh, toot our own horn and everyone's like, eh, whatever. Um, but like, how do you add value even when you're, you're putting out a testimonial like that? So yeah. I think it'd be really important now to talk about paid. Uh, before uh, we wrap everyone's, up favorite channel. Everyone's, everyone's favorite, favorite channel everyone's favorite channel paid media paid media so ads 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 right sam is that it uh, i just I, got paid for ads that's all i want to see is ads ads <laughs> ads ads every day all day uh now i think it's important that you, you think beyond the ads when it comes to paid i think there's a lot of places people are thinking or forget about that are paid one is sponsorships right mm -hmm. every time you pay for a sponsorship of an event or some association, or even a charity, right, or a nonprofit, if you're sponsoring something they're doing, that is essentially paid media. Yeah. Uh, and those are channels you need to be considering. I would hope you're thinking strategically about those. I've had a lot of conversations with clients about perhaps a lack of strategy when it comes to sponsorships, maybe just kind of like willy nilly oh, we like this, this nonprofit, or we think this is going to be a good thing for us, or like our kids' baseball team has shirts we could put our logo on, so why not? Um, and there's a time and place I'm all for like the donation or the gift that is just because you care. That's fine, right? Um, but from a marketing perspective, you should at least be considering those as marketing opportunities and then leveraging them as far as you can. So if you decide like, hey, it's really strategic for us, or we just we just really want to donate, we want to sponsor uh, a particular nonprofit, are you then at least getting the most value out of that beyond just the like, oh, we feel good and we've contributed to a cause that we care about? Yeah. Um, but also like, are you getting a link back on their website? Uh, are you mentioned in their newsletter? Is your logo showing up where it should be or where it could be? Uh, and just really making sure that you're leveraging those sponsorships, which are paid media, yeah. to really showcase your brand, showcase what you do well, showcase how you deliver value for others the best that you can. So. Yeah, and I think you can kind of ma marry the sponsorships to uh, sometimes it is just like, hey, this is a nonprofit that we really care about. We're going to yeah, sponsor their fine. event or whatever it is. There's a lot of sponsorships in industry specific associations as well industry mm -hmm. industry groups and there are ways to get into those groups and get you know acclimated and get to know the people really well um that takes time it takes a lot of effort it takes a lot of um sacrifice sometimes to come in and not just be the guy handing out business cards at the next event but actually like producing value for that group as you know maybe it's the accountant in the group or um, it's the, you know, the industry specific thing for restaurant owners and you're coming in as a vendor, um, a sponsorship can be a way to kind of fast track that. Yep. Um, and again, you have to do it the right way. You don't want to be the, the shirt salesman who's standing in the corner with the booth and just saying like, Hey, come buy some shirts, you know, here, here, put your logo on pants. It's going to be great. Take a business card, um, take a business yeah. card, take a business card. Yeah, business cards for everybody. You guys are going to love these business cards. Um, doing that in a tactful way uh, to where, again, you're producing or, or providing value to that group. Uh, mm -hmm. Figure out what that looks like for you and your firm and your brand, how you do that. You can get creative with that. But sponsorships can be a way to pay a certain amount to kind of get more front and center. And when done right, that can be really powerful because you're kind of paying your way in, but then you're saying, Hey, I'm not just, I'm not here to sell. I'm here to provide yeah. X. Here you go. And then people, yeah. people really respond well to that. Yeah. Create an experience. Right. And then also like have something to say that is meaningful and of value to others. So that's again, where like, if you don't have really great owned content, um, ads, sponsorships, uh, association memberships, activity that you're doing, 
to get in front of people that you're paying, basically you're paying for eyeballs. Those eyeballs have to go somewhere and they have to actually engage with something that's meaningful and has value to them. And that ultimately is going to be owned content at some point down the line, right? They click on the ad, they end up on the landing page or they engage with you at a booth. They end up engaging with content you've created, whether they're in the booth or, you know, in an email later or some kind of resource you, you have that gets them excited about, you know, initiating a relationship with you or you're speaking at an event that you paid to speak at, right? Like maybe you ponied up some money and you said, all right, it's really important for us to be in front of this audience. Do you have a really compelling message? And and have you delivered that already in owned content, in owned media ways before you ever get on that stage? Um, if you haven't, it, it produces an opportunity for people to kind of second guess you and go, I don't know if this person really knows what they're talking about, Yeah, right? They're not proven at all. And so you have to work that much harder to jump that hurdle of distrust and you're already paying to be there, right? And there is a level of distrust that automatically comes with paid media. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point as we talk this through of these channels. There are certain channels or certain types of media on certain channels that people discount. And they say, yeah, you're here, but we don't want to listen to you as much. Yeah. Because we understand that you paid to be here rather than earning your way here. Yeah. Right. And so um, there is a level of like, yes, paid media is important. It can be really valuable. It can be really helpful. It has a place, but it, it has to be done right. And you really need to have some kind of like excitement already building for what you're doing on the owned side or on the earned yeah. side yeah. Uh, before you go crazy with advertising, right? I think there's a way to do all three at the same time and really have a, a good symbiotic relationship between all those channels. Um, it's also where I think there's a lot of opportunity to say, hey, let's focus on what channels we're gonna be on, right? Let's not try to be on every channel all at the same time, all the time for everyone. Let's maybe focus on one or two or maybe three channels at a time where we can get really good about owning that channel and really being all over it, owning the audience on that channel before we move to another channel. Yeah. So if you're thinking like social media, think about what's your highest value social media channel. Doesn't mean you don't do anything on the others, but maybe you put a lot more energy and creativity into one uh, for a while, right? Or maybe it's, hey, we wanna be a part of association. There's a particular association that's gonna get us in front of a lot of people that we wouldn't need to be in front of, a lot of prospects. Go all out on that association or on that event or on that sponsorship and do all of it as much as you can, as much as your budget will allow um, so that you can really own that channel. Uh, If you don't own a channel, if you're just kind of like, oh, we put a little message out here on this channel and we put a little bit out on this channel and we put a little bit out on this channel, that just is only going to go so far. Um, It's really going to dilute your ability to be in front of people consistently over and over and over again with different kinds of messages in different ways and different media types. That's how people want to engage with a brand, right? They want to engage not just the same message in the same format on the same exact placement every single time, right? We all ignore banner ads. Why is that? Well, because we've been trained. That's an ad and I'm not going to look at it. But if I do a banner ad and I have an organic social post on that channel and I have uh, some boosted posts, right? They're showing up in the news feed. Um, if I'm doing some earned media where people are talking about us or really we're engaging them, we're commenting back and forth, man, now we're really starting to build some credibility, right? And we're building reach. We're building the ability to get in front of people and earn that trust. Take that, you know, in any channel, that could be an association, that could be a particular publication, right? That's where like, if you're going to be in a pub, uh, publication, uh, not, not the beer drinking pub. Uh, although there's a strategy for that too, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, like think about how we're going to earn some media in that publication through organic content, right? And we're going to pay to have some ads, right? You just get a lot more leverage uh, if you can do that. So that's my, I think, final point. I don't know. There's probably more, but yeah, what I hope. You, what are you going to well, wrap I, up with, Sam? I, I hope all of this uh, is painting the picture that there's no magic bullet or 
uh, single button you can click to do this well. It, it does take work. It takes careful work. Um, it takes a team. You know, I don't mm. think one person can do this. Um, and that's, and that's why we keep preaching like, Hey, you've got to build this house on a strong foundation. If you skip that part, if you skip that brand level, um, eventually it's just going to fall apart and you're going to make yourself work way harder than you need to, um, to produce things that ultimately are not going to provide value and not matter. Mm. Um, so this is this is not impossible by any means. Of course, it's not impossible, but it's also not just a light, easy thing to do. It takes time, it takes equity, uh, it takes service, it takes some sacrifice, and it takes a strong brand. Uh, but it's possible, and yep. anybody can do it if they do it the right way. Yep, I think that's great. I love it. I'm inspired, Sam. Mm. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, next time, we're going to be talking about how do I keep my content interesting, right? How do we Ooh. get creative and make sure that people are actually looking and listening to what we put out there on these channels that we've been talking about? So I know Sam's really excited about that one because this is right up his alley. It's going to uh, be fun. We'll be jumping into that on the next episode. You know what, Thanks, Mike? We should, we should make that one. We should make that episode interesting for people. Really? You want to make it interesting? We should. I we thought should we try would it just out. talk in monotone. We should the try it. Out. Time. The Remarka Brand Podcast is a project of Resound and is recorded in Tempe, Arizona. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and at remarkablecast.com. If you'd like more episodes, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. To contact the show, Find out more about the Remarka Brand Podcast or to join our newsletter list to make sure you never miss another episode, check out our website at RemarkableCast.com. Copyright Resound Creative Media, LLC. Mm-hmm.